A late campaign to push uncommitted as a message about the Israel-Gaza scenario and a message for both progressives and Arab Americans in Michigan to express their displeasure with the Biden administration's support for Israel uh, came through with 13.3% of the votes. Uh, But in the city of Dearborn proper and in that region, President Biden lost to uncommitted. Uh, How significant is that? How worried uh, is the Biden campaign? Who better to weigh in on that than someone who knows the Dearborn area well because it's her backyard and her district? And that's Debbie Dingell, U.S. Congresswoman for Michigan's 6th District. Good morning. Good morning, Guy. Good morning to everybody. I'm uh, tired but awake, and you guys are helping wake me up. (laughs) Well, we try our best. Uh, we're We're all awake, that's for sure. Um, when when you look at this protest vote, how significant was it? Uh, they're claiming victory for sending this message. What's the larger message as we head towards November? Well, first of all, let me say this. I was not surprised by this vote. And if you go in and do the analysis, which I have to finish, all the votes were in Wayne County, as you well know, is always one of the last counties in. Uh, but I've made bets or said to people, I mean, I made it with Rashida. Uh, I said to Ed Duggan, who's the Biden campaign manager to the Biden campaign, Haley Stevens, anybody who would listen, Ann Arbor's going to get more votes on uncommitted than Dearborn does. Everybody kind of laughed at me. Well, we did. And, you know, last night when people started watching the election returns and they're going, Washington County is coming in and its numbers are, uh, I haven't seen the final, but we're somewhere, you know, between 20 and 20. 20- I'm not sure they got to 25%. It reflects the young people. Uh, And I've been telling you, young people are one of the critical groups that we have to be talking to. I think that uh, this campaign was called the big campaign that helped propel uh, many of these people to vote uncommitted was called the Sins of Michigan. And these Young voters, I mean, they're in Arab American voters want elected officials to be listening to them. So I think that's the message that you have to take from it. I was not surprised. And now we've got to do a lot of hard work. Well, my district, the 6th District uh, of Michigan, had more Democratic votes than any other district two years ago. And I really want to get in there and do the nitty-gritty analysis and look at these numbers because, you know, that's what I do when we get them back today and tomorrow. But we know what we got to do, and we've got to understand we've got a lot of hurt people. This is a state, Guy. It's a purple state. I've said this to you a million times. Mm -hmm. We are going to be competitive until Election Day. We have the largest population of Arab-American Muslims, or one California has one well, but we have the largest population of Arab Americans and Muslims in the country in our state. They're fabric of our community. We also have one of the largest Jewish uh, Jewish communities uh, in the country or in our state. We've used to have a lot of interfaith efforts. We've all tried to work together. We, we got to try to do some healing. We got to listen to each other, uh, and I think that's going to be a significant part of this. But I'm also going to say this to you: We got to get young people. Women, we know, they turned out in record numbers two years ago. That Alabama Supreme Court case has energized them. I'm hearing from them every place. They're going to turn out. And we've got to get in the union house. This election is going to come down to voter turnout. 
Congresswoman uh, President Biden, he didn't directly a- address the uncommitted in a statement he released uh, last night, but he is uh, trying to uh, get a ceasefire uh, in that Israeli-Gaza war. So he 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 appears to be hearing someone. I'm going to say this to you, um, Lloyd. I have had very direct conversations with him, and you all know how I am when I'm in my direct mode. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, and they're private conversations, and I'm not going to share the gist, but he has heard me. And uh, I can answer, I could talk about those eight hours in very different ways. One, the man is very focused on his game uh, and gets what's said. And I think uh, I, some phone calls were made that I had encouraged him to do, and he was very concerned when he realized the depths of pain that people in the communities are having and is trying to respond to that pain. He did send his team out. What's important now, having these conversations again over the last week with the White House, is making sure that the key leaders of that community have regular and ongoing conversations with the National Security Council, Samantha Power, State Department, and are being kept abreast of what's happening and hearing what the community is hearing. And many of these community members are getting data. They're talking to family members who, are, who, who cannot escape Gaza. And I think that that's important. And then I hope down the road, the president will be able to have a meeting with some of these leaders. Congresswoman, we had someone from Listen to Michigan on yesterday, and I asked the question, well, in an either or situation, is President Trump better for your cause? And she sort of said that doesn't matter to us right now. President Biden is in charge and they're closely watching what he's doing. I think uh, one of the challenges ahead for us is that you've got a raw community right now. And by the way, it's not just this community. If we are going to win Michigan, I want everybody to keep focusing on the fact we need young people, we need women, we need union workers. But in this community, they're raw. You know, I've worked for years in interfaith efforts, and both sides are just so raw, they can't yet come together to try to do um, that healing process. And what we really have to do is we have to try to prevent the death any more civilian deaths and get humanitarian aid in there. People are dying because they do not have food. They do not have medicine. They do not have water. They do not have lodging. And um, the president himself has told me that he's been very direct with uh, Netanyahu about any loss of life in Raha and that if they go in there, there must be a plan to protect those civilians, and he is committed to that. So once we, he talks temporary ceasefire, I say we need a permanent ceasefire. But with my hope, if something does happen in the next few days, that that turns into a permanent ceasefire, then we got to figure out how we're going to rebuild Gaza, which mm-hmm. has been destroyed, and work to get the humanitarian aid in and get the two-state solution actually built. This is a complicated problem. It's been there for hundreds of years. Maybe, maybe, just if anything good comes out of this horrificness, we can get a solid plan to build that two-state solution. And I also want to be clear, we need all the hostages to come home. Yeah. 
Uh, Debbie, just switching gears for a moment, we've got a Friday night deadline uh, for appropriations bills. I mean, we've done this dance before, this looming government shutdown, yet there was some notes of optimism after congressional leaders met with the president yesterday. How confident are you or how worried are you that we uh, won't get to this deadline and have a a spending plan uh, that can avert the shutdown? I am living in my normal chaos world. Who knows? I think it's 50-50. I'm at the airport right now taking the 7 o'clock plane back. Um, We have to have... Speaker Johnson has said that anything that we do will be in circulation for three days, 72 hours. There is nothing in writing yet that is being circulated. I think it's better than a 50-50 chance that we could end up shutting the government down over the weekend, uh, which is short shut down and has minimal consequences. Right. Uh, I mean, well, the, even the TSA, this TSA is even in the bills this week. Remember, this is a two-step solution. There may be some people having to work that won't be paid, but it, the, the consequences are, and that hopefully we get another short term. But he's only talking about if we do a short term, extending to March 8th and uh, I think it's March 24th. Okay. We got to stop doing this. We got to stop kicking the can down the road. We got to get this done. Debbie, we appreciate it. Um, we'll see uh, once you dig into these numbers uh, where there's hope there. But uh, interesting, uh, we appreciate the analysis on Washtenaw County. Yeah, seventeen percent voting uncommitted there, and that's a, a significant number, as you say, of young people. Thanks very much, and have a uh, safe flight. Buckle your seatbelts. It's a uh, it's windy no. out there. <laughs> I'm not overjoyed, but you've, you elected me to do a job, so the job I'm going to do. All so right. Thick and thin. Yeah. I, I, I think you're going to need that seatbelt when you get off the plane, too. Uh, take, <laughs> take, take care, Debbie. Thank you. All take right. Care. When we come back, we'll get some highlights from Chris Renwick's uh, illuminating interview with President, former President Donald Trump. That's next on JR Morning at 649.